With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch some baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottom and cans turn blue when your beer is cold and that way you know it's time to chill hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live, out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider, an emergency episode with ESPN's Kevin Seifert to discuss the Minnesota Vikings announcing that they will not have fans at their first two home games. Kevin, what is going on? Well, it turns out that there's uh, this massive uh, pandemic going around the country uh, and around the world that uh, is contagious when large amounts of people spend time together, especially indoors. And um, so. The NFL has actually left it up to each team to decide if they want to allow fans into their games this season, and if so, how many. Uh, But the first step for each of those teams is to abide by any state and local uh, regulations. And right now in the state of Minnesota, uh, the limit of indoor gatherings, I believe, is 250 people. And so that would not be worth the trouble of opening up the stadium. And so at this point, uh, the Vikings' early uh, home games will be fan-free. Like most teams uh, that aren't bound by a – or or at least a lot of teams uh, are doing similar uh, week-by-week or month-by-month decisions uh, as the Vikings are. And so potentially it could be revisited if the state – changes the uh, regulations. Um, 
But at this point, uh, they will not have fans in the stadium. So what is your take, having covered this all summer long and done a terrific job, by the way? Um, boy, the NFL never lets you sleep. Uh, <laughs> last, last year was pass interference, and now it's a worldwide pandemic that you're yeah, covering. I, I, jump, I like to jump from fiasco to fiasco. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, but we will get to the XFL, which you've been covering as well eventually. Um, yes. But um, So now this is an interesting approach from the NFL to go team by team and state by state as opposed to just saying, look, no fans whatsoever. And that's, I I think, reasonably concerning for a couple of different reasons. I mean, what Mike Zimmer and Sean McDermott brought up of just being unfair for some teams to have fans and other teams not. And also the, the idea that they have overall, aside from some false positives, played this really well to start. They got everybody in. They've had their little mini personal bubbles going on. And so far, we've had no outbreaks whatsoever. And it seems to me to let certain teams have fans in the stands is playing with fire a little bit. It it is. And it's also very interesting. Um, You know, there's two parts of it. One is the health and safety part. And one is the um, is the competitive part, which I think is what the coaches are referring to. From the health and safety standpoint, um, I guess kind of what they're hiding behind is that, you know, we're just the NFL. We wouldn't know what's best for the community of Minneapolis, St. Paul, or the community of Denver, or the community of Houston. The people in that area should decide what's best for them, and the governments in those areas should be making the health-related decisions. And so I guess that's uh, sort of defensible, um, you know, you know, it leaves the responsibility in the pe- in the hands of the people who are the medical experts in theory. From a competitive standpoint, it puts in t- uh, the NFL's past practices on its head. I mean, they have an entire competition committee made up of uh, team presidents, GMs, owners, coaches, whose entire job is to make sure that everything's fair for everybody and that um, not only are the games decided uh, on, a, on a fair baseline, but that People who are gambling uh, on NFL games can be assured that there's not going to be a, a baked-in um, advantage for one team, or if it is, I guess, to make sure that it's obvious, and in this case it would be, uh, and that uh, there's never, you know, rules are applied to every team equally, and that every team, when they step on the field, from a rule standpoint at least, um, and an infrastructure standpoint, has a, uh, a fair chance to win. But if you dig deeper in it, you say, well, every home stadium is a little different. And there's, there's definitely data that shows that some teams have a big, much bigger home field advantage than others. Um, and so what's really uh, at play is that those teams are losing that advantage. Um, you know, the Vikings uh, obviously have a home field advantage really dating back to the Metrodome. Seattle um, would be crushed. Uh, at least I'm not going to say there'd be a terrible team, but like I, they would admit that their crowd has a big part of why they play so well at home over the years and their stadium. And so that, um, you know, that's really the, probably what's unfair is that some teams are losing that advantage and some teams will have a minimal advantage. Will you have an advantage if you have like an arrowhead, uh, if you have 15,000 people in the stadium, I don't know. Um, but that seems to be the, the concern from the coaches and it really does is surprising that the NFL has decided to do that from a competitive standpoint. And again, maybe they're simply just saying that, you know, home field advantage is always 
than an uneven playing field, and we're not gonna and we're not changing anything by doing that. We just have new uh, advantages being taken. So if you're the Vikings though, and you play the Green Bay Packers Week One with no fans in the stands, and Aaron Rodgers and his wide receivers though not that talented outside of Devontae Adams, can hear him and communicate. And yeah. he has his best game ever at U.S. Bank Stadium, where he has generally not played very well. And then the Vikings travel down to Lambeau, another one of the toughest places to play in the NFL, and they have a third of the stadium full. Or maybe by then, I doubt this, but maybe by then will he be in better shape with COVID and they've got half the stadium full. And all of a sudden – Kirk Cousins has to go in there and play with a much different advantage. I mean, I think the division games are the biggest problem here. When you cut, when it comes to going down to Houston or Indianapolis yeah. or wherever it might be, I don't know how much that changes things uh, in term, because they're both playing in the same circumstances. But when you're talking about division games that might be different from now to later, that's where I think that they've got the biggest beef. Like, why, why do we have to play in front of fans in Lambeau, but Aaron Rodgers didn't have to yeah. come here and play in front of fans? And play in the cold. So I guess part of the, green, the Lambeau field, home field advantage might be the weather. But uh, that aside, I think the NFL has tried to get out in front of it. Um, and a lot of people, I think, have said this publicly as well, that, hey, guess what? This is not going to be a normal season. It's not going to be fair. Uh, we're all going to have to drop some of our um, otherwise well-founded concerns about parity and, and fairness in service of just making sure that we can have a, a season. Um, I don't know that that, that that will be bought into by coaches and, and players because the NFL has made lots of rule changes this year that they normally wouldn't have made um, to accommodate the, the pandemic. And they could easily just say, you know what, we'll make it fair for everybody, no fans anywhere. But my guess is that uh, they're – desire and, and well what's really proved out is that their desire for fairness and parity is trumped by their desire to uh, make some ticket revenue basically i don't know that we can really attribute it to anything else um if they if they weren't you say what 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 is the you know other than pleasing the you know your fan base maybe as some small percentage of your fan base that still wants to attend games in this situation what's the what's the driving force between behind doing this and obviously it's it's revenue and so we get that um and so but the other part that really hasn't been discussed yet and i'm kind of waiting to see what the nfl says is okay if you're going to have an a, um, empty stadium uh, what are the rules of engagement for your stadium entertainment you know i guess the best way to put it you, you know these u.s bank all these stadiums have these great audio systems they have lots of music they have lots of volume some would argue that some franchises have a long history of knowing how to pipe in crowd noise. So what are the limitations there? And can a creative uh, football operations department work with its creative marketing and stadium management to create some level of, of home field advantage? Um, you know, you look at the NBA uh, and they, they're playing on neutral courts. Like there's no, it's not even a consideration of who's got the home field, home court advantage or who, yeah, you know, I'm sure there are home teams in terms of uh, the schedule, but uh, that's just, they just wrote that off. Um, baseball, you know, they, they seem to have written it off. You know, they're playing in ballparks that are empty. But, um, you know, we all know the lengths to which NFL teams will go to try to gain an advantage. And so is there going to be a way to gain some kind of advantage? Do they have to, can the, can the music play during the game? Can you, is there, is there a limitation on decibel levels? Can 
you, um, you know, can you put something on the screen that could potentially distract an opponent? Like to what extent are they going to allow that? And can that uh, be used creatively and, and legally um, to, to give your team a different kind of advantage? Well, Arif Hassan on the podcast a couple days ago, he suggested playing Nickelback on third down to <laughs> horrify the opponent and make them uh, really distracted and upset. Um, but, you know, Mike Zimmer mentioned the crowd noise that it sounds like they're going to be allowed to pump in. And if it's anything like what they're doing at practice, which was how he described it, he said, if you've been at practice, then that level of noise is about what they're going to allow. It's nothing like U.S. Bank Stadium. It more sounds yeah. like playing next to the ocean. So yeah. uh, if, if you've watched Point Break and uh, Keanu Reeves, play football next to the ocean that's a, a deep 80s or early 90s movie cut but, i'm aware of it yeah uh, but yeah of course well if you know judd zolgad you are uh it's his uh, or, and or old yeah yeah that's right and uh patrick swayze anyway so they play yeah. football next to the ocean that's what it sounds like and yeah. I, I mean i don't know like does that is that even worth it does that even make any difference no i i think that is more um you know you, you think okay what's the nfl product when there's not fans in the stands the tv product and so I don't think, uh, you know, myself watching, you know, baseball with the ambient noise on TV, watching NBA with kind of some level of, you know, pumped in noise, it is, is it probably more preferable as a TV product than in silence and, you know, hearing every squeak of the sneaker or every, you know, I, I guess we would, you know, some football nerds would love to hear every single thing the quarterback says and every every adjustment that everybody, you know, and just hear that kind of thing. And maybe you'd hear more of the actual contact that occurs and, and that, you know, that could be some ambient noise. But I think it's more comforting to at least hear that ocean breeze type level of fan noise just to not be uh, disconcerting as you start watching a game on TV. Uh, definitely for myself, I would love to hear the communication and how that goes on, even if we yeah. don't know what they're saying. But I would also understand if teams were like, uh, do we really want our signals and our words that we're saying broadcast over well, TV? It, and I know it, that teams go back and listen, and they listen, and yeah. they watch the TV copy of the broadcast to see if they can pick oh, up yeah. on anything. And and if the whole episode in Green Bay and in a lot of other markets that hasn't gotten quite as much of attention – in terms of the lengths that teams are going to prevent reporters from uh, leaking out what they're seeing in practice, if that is any sign, then yes, that, that is a reminder of how uh, they'll object to any um, uh, broadcast of, of what happens during the game on, uh, on the field. Um, and also speaks to the larger issue of what we're talking about is why they're so upset about, about crowd noise and, or about fan, uh, you know, fans in attendance at all is that the big, the big approach that most of these teams take is that for the most part, the league has created a, a structure of parity that makes most teams pretty equal. Um, it may not seem that way when you look at the standings or when you watch teams play, but from a skill standpoint, from a, uh, you know, from a cutting off of most obvious advantage standpoints, you know, reversing the draft every, you know, your, the uh, draft order every year, um, they work pretty hard to make these, every team be, have the potential to be competitive. And so there's a very small margin between what could be certainly 10 and six and six and 10, but even 13 and three and four and 12, you know, that, and that's what these teams believe. And so 
it might be that everybody does everything's a wash except for one thing that they decide to do differently during training camp or one one secret that they manage to keep about an injury in week three that makes a difference between the win that's going to put them in the playoffs or not or put them in the number one seat or not and I'm not saying that's true I've not necessarily bought that like I wonder if it, you know it does seem like there's some teams with a lot of talent and some teams with not a whole lot of talent and some teams with um, really good um, you know coaches and some that can't seem to find any and so uh, I'm not sure if it's as, if the league is as close as they think it is but that's what they think and so that explains why even the very smallest of perceived advantages is if they attempt with such energy to capitalize on. Get back to the conversation in just a minute, but first have to tell you about something very cool from our friends at Soda Stick. You probably know them for Minnesota sports-inspired hats and shirts and hoodies that are screen-printed in Minnesota, but Soda Stick also has artwork as well. You're going to want to check out their Man Cave prints, 20 by 24 prints representing everything Minnesota sports, from awesome throwback logos to legendary plays at first base to famous disgusting acts in Green Bay. They are on sale now for just $35. You can't go out to games at the moment, but you can liven up where you're watching them from. You want to get Soda Stick's very cool prints. Go to SodaStick.com. That's S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com and use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. As a side note, the Packers thing was funny with their general manager saying, well, we have people that read the other beat reporters. And I was thinking about my own tweets like reporting on Ezra Cleveland eating quesaritos to make sure that yeah. he uh, stays for weight. So you're welcome, Packers, yeah, for all somebody, the insight. Somebody made a note of that. And, it, and, it, like, and who knows if that's what they make decisions off of. But I don't doubt that. Like when I remember, and this is off, a little off topic, I used to cover college football in the mid-'90s before the Internet really – was used by everyone and I went into the coach's office one day and there was a stack of newspapers sky high and this team I covered the University of Maryland at the time and they subscribed to every newspaper that covered an ACC team that the old ACC not the the expanded one and it would they these newspapers would come by mail like three days after they were published and then they would have an intern go through (laughs) um these newspapers just looking for you know making note of all the things in a notebook and Mm -hmm. and as long as you could get it in before the Saturday game you were good but this has been going on for for decades for sure oh yeah and uh, the team the Vikings along with I'm sure every other team sends out an email internally with everything that was written about them that day anyway that they gather so I mean yeah it's not it's necessarily new but who the nickel corner is for the Packers is not a secret to the Vikings and, and vice versa. They know the depth chart. Um, no, you know, so. and, and that information would normally be available anyway because there's fans in the stands in training camp. And so that, that was the rub is that this year there's not, so they're going to try to keep that in-house. Right. Well, good luck with that to the Packers. Right. Uh, luckily, right. we haven't had the same issue with the Vikings. Um, but uh, unfortunately, going back to COVID, <laughs> yeah. I, you, you know much more about the NFL's operation here because the um, – overall on this podcast, the stance has been, let's hope they play and uh, yeah, let's hope it yeah. works out and everyone stays safe. But the, from my perception, 
the measures that they've taken. At first, when we were going into this, it felt like, oh my gosh, they're behind and they need to catch up fast or they're going to end up like Major League Baseball and have outbreaks. But it seems like, Kevin, the NFL has done a very, very good job, save for the one testing issue in New Jersey, of keeping outbreaks out and giving hope to playing an entire season. And it's gone better than I think anyone could have reasonably imagined, even in the league, even in the health and safety office, um, because because their whole approach was this thing is there's too much virus out there in the country. This it's going to get in. You know, people are going to get it, and we, so we need to create a plan not based on keeping people from getting it uh, in the first place, but keeping it from spreading once somebody in our building gets it. And so that was the whole idea between daily testing and surveillance is that you catch it quickly. Um, it was the whole idea between all this contact tracing, these you know, electronic proximity uh, devices that they can dial up within minutes to see everyone who was within six feet of somebody who got infected. And they, all these protocols to, to try to, to race against time to get all the sick people and potentially sick people away from the healthy people um, and in reality, almost none of the, you know, certainly none of the 3,000 plus players and coaches um, have even gotten it in the first place. I mean, they went an entire week without a single player and only six um, non-players getting infected uh, over the course of, you know, of, you know, 10, almost nine or 10,000 people, um, which is incredible. And so, the real story of their approach so far has not been their, qu- their necessarily their quick their c- capacity for making a quick uh, reaction to somebody getting infected, but all those people who are uh, leaving training camp every day and maybe they're going to the team hotel, but they don't have to. Most of them just you know statistically are going home um, and out into the community at some level, whether it's the grocery store or, or somebody they live with is doing that. I mean they're they're exposed to the community and, but they've, they've clearly avoided any kind of high risk um, behavior that would accelerate their chances for getting it in terms of going to bars or, or clubs or indoor restaurants, um, big gatherings, parties. Um, and the people that they live with uh, have apparently done the same. And so that's been the real, um, the, the real story there is that, and when you think about it, like they've got three teams in Florida, there's three teams in California. There's two teams in Texas. I mean, in places where the virus was really rampant at the start of training camp, all those community numbers have come down. But there's, I mean, it, it's just, I mean, I don't want to say it's miraculous, but it's it's as close to uh, shocking as as on a, in a positive sense than we've had with any development in the in the entire pandemic in this country. It's been my take that seeing what happened with Major League Baseball was helpful for the NFL because you had the example to point to. Like, guys, Don't be that guy. Right. Know. I mean, look what the Indians did with their pitchers where they just yeah. said, go home. Like, get yeah. out of here. If you guys are yeah. going to take risks, then we don't even want you around, even though those two pitchers were really good. And yeah. I think that teams are feeling the same way. This is part of your responsibility to your teammates. And if you're the Vikings, it's not only, hey, the healthiest team will win, but also Dom Capers is old. 
Mike Zimmer is old. Gary Kubiak is old and has previous health issues. I mean, right. if you guys are going out to bars or, or anything like that or taking any risks, you are putting your coaching staff potentially at risk. And I think that at least so far that message has gotten through. Now, whether we can go an entire season with that message, yeah. that I think is the biggest challenge. And have you, because I haven't seen anything, but you would know better than me, has the NFL said anything about how they would handle the kind of bad scenario or nightmare scenario of, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Tim Boyle both get it right before a game or something like that, like in terms of canceling games, postponing, because Major League Baseball has had to do a lot of shuffling. They have not indicated that they're going to have a hard and fast set of rules that, like, if your starting quarterback um, is sick, then the game's canceled um, or postponed. They haven't done anything like that. And that would probably, you know, be almost impossible to figure out in a fair way because your quarterback could get hurt the day before, two days before, in a normal sense, in a normal season, and it's happened. Um, and so, like, it's maybe not fair to the opponent to, like, not be able to play the team when the quarterback gets sick because that's part of football is that, you know, there's times when people aren't available. Uh, but what they have done is – created a separate committee from the competition committee to avoid any conflict of interest of like former coaches, former players, former GMs that they're going to, that Roger Goodell will consult with and say, I, the way I understand it, here's the set of circumstances for the game. You know, this guy's out, this, this position group is down to four players, this quarter, you know, Tom Brady is going to be playing behind four backup offensive linemen that were on the practice squad last week, something like that is this a fair set of circumstances to play a competitive game and ask these people, the Bill Polians of the world, um, you know, is this fair? And it'll be subjective. And when they have, when they make decisions, some people probably won't agree with it, but I think that's what they're leaning towards is, um, you know, having some kind of subjective collective decision about whether the circumstances of that have presented themselves allow the teams to play a fair game. And if not, can it, can the game just, should the game just be canceled? Can it be moved back to a, uh, a bye week? Should we hold on to it and play it if we need it uh, for standings? But, you know, even Troy Vincent, who's the top football guy at the NFL said they've been working on scenarios of how to figure out playoff standings if there's an unequal amount of divisional games. Um, and so that, that's just you know something they're they're already considering. So who knows how many times that'll come up and where that red line will eventually be that would cause a game to be impacted by the amount of people that aren't available. But um, that that sounds like that's the direction they'll go. So if what happened the other day with the New Jersey lab happened right before a game. Would they bump it, or would they make Blake Lynch play instead of Eric Hendricks? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. what, what would they do? Because there was at least skepticism that those results weren't right, but they yeah. wanted to make sure that nobody practiced and was around anybody else for at least that day. But if it happens right before a game, um, I, they, would they just be able to move it? I mean, actually, not having fans here. I would think makes it a little easier because then yeah. if you just have to slide it to a Monday, you slide it to a Monday to make sure right. you retest. Right. Um, well, what part of what people haven't picked up on yet is that the protocols that exist now, which force these players to miss this one day of practice until their 24 hours uh, of isolation had gone by, 
only go through the end of training camp. Um, the NFL and the NFLPA have not decided on what the game day testing or the, the regular season protocol for testing will be. They haven't even decided whether it's going to continue to be daily or if it'll go to every other day or what. Um, and they haven't come up with a decision on where the cutoff for games will be. Um, the easiest thing to do is just to say two days before the game, you take a test, uh, we'll get it back the next day. Um, you know, so in other words, you take a test Friday. Uh, if you pass, you can play in the game Sunday. If you didn't, then you still have time to go through that 24-hour process of figuring out whether it's a false positive. And, and if it is a false positive, you can play on Sunday. That's still kind of tight because you might not find out until Sunday morning. But, again, things will be different this year. Um, if if uh, the only other way they could do it, you know, is, as you say, move the game back. But, again, is that fair to move the game back just because a few players, you know, a handful of players maybe aren't going to be um, available? because uh, that can happen with a regular injury as well. Um, or they could come up with a faster way to figure out whether it's a false positive and whether that's saliva testing or whether that's something, some other procedure they can get uh, health and safety uh, backing on, uh, that, that's a possibility as well. But my guess is the, the most convenient way is to just cut it off, you know, say 40, you take a test 48 hours before kickoff and, and there'll still be time to decide whether that was a false positive or not if it comes back that way. We'll get back to the conversation in just a minute, but first got to tell you about Feral One CBD. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from Feral One's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, Therabody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device. When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic, but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne products test four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality of Available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body bomb for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift away to a deep night's sleep. And now, through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering listeners buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products, but you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one get one free at theragun.com slash blue wire only until labor day go right now theragun.com slash blue wire Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite team and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Now, it also sounds like, in terms of the NFL taking measures here, that on the road, players will arrive, go into their hotel, 
stay in their hotel rooms, play the football game, leave their hotel rooms, fly back, and that's the story. There's no yeah. – uh, I, I, my buddy Alex Boone loved to tell stories about finding restaurants, and when he was a uh, new Arizona Cardinal, they asked him, oh, where, where's to go in San Francisco before they played the 49ers? Yeah. And he picked a restaurant that had closed, and he didn't realize it, and yeah. so that didn't go over super well with the other players. So that's a thing they do. They go out before yeah. the, the next game. Um, but it, I think – if they fly in and don't do anything else and have their food delivered, that it gives them a shot to be able to handle these road games differently again for Major League Baseball where they're there for a couple days. Yeah, they could potentially travel in a bubble. You know, we t- so much talk about bubbles and this and that. You could, you could travel in a bubble. You could, you know, go. everybody's at the team facility. You get on a, um, a bus where the, the driver has, you know, has already – or the driver is because you're going to have to have multiple buses for – for um, social distancing, they've all been cleared on testing. Take them, you know, these guys, even in normal situations, they get, they go through x-rays, or they go through security usually at the team facility. So once they're on the bus, they're TSA approved. So they get driven straight onto the tarmac usually to get on the plane with, you know, just themselves who all are presumably negative and the flight attendants and the, uh, and the pilots who are presumably negative because they would have tested too go to a hotel that they already have all these um, protocols for how you enter the hotel and the hotel has to have a separate entrance for you. Um, and they want them potentially on low floors. So you don't have to take the elevators, all different kinds of stuff. Probably not. Usually you have a team meeting uh, Saturday night in the hotel. Don't need to do that. Zoom, zoom that. So you're in your room. It stinks. It's no fun. You're probably going to get restless. You're probably nervous for the game on Sunday but that's just the way it's going to be. Then you, you know, you, you meet, you go back down, you go to this out the same entrance the next morning, go get on the same, you know, with the same drivers or, or drivers who have already been approved. You go to the stadium where nobody is, you know, at least where you enter, nobody is. You're in the locker room just with your people go on the field with, where almost nobody is going to be on the field except for team personnel for both teams and then reverse it go to the airport and come home. And so you, that's a, yeah, you probably didn't want that much detail, but that that is that's how you can travel. So the in answer a is yes. Yes, yeah. they could. Yeah. Yes. So. Uh, yeah. Well, it's going to be fascinating to see how all of this stuff plays out. Um, but I think that in terms of making it feasible, they've done everything they possibly can here. Uh, before we talk about the Rock and the XFL, you think the Vikings play with fans at any point this season? Um. You know, like if I had to bet, I would say no because you know it seems like Minnesota is in a, a decent spot, but they're not. It doesn't appear as though the governor is looking to um, to loosen any regulations at this time. Not a political statement. Just that's just the way he has been operating. And so, as you as it gets colder and more people are inside, and the flu and all the things that we're being told potentially could exacerbate the situation. It's hard to imagine there being a time when you get to where he's allowing more than 250 people to gather indoors. Um, but we don't know. We don't know about vaccines. We don't know about new therapeutics. We don't know about testing. We don't, you know, it's been hard to know exactly where things are going, but, you know, in terms of the over under on 50%, I'm certainly taking the over on 50% that the likelihood of them not having fans at any point this year. Yeah, I, I think so too. And you know, the NFL will be okay. You know, it'll be all right. They'll uh, they'll still make some money. They'll still survive, and uh, it'll be all right. I 
And I, yeah. I personally am a little kind of nervous about letting fans in because of the video that was out there of Kansas City fans watching training camp, and they're supposed to be wearing masks the whole time, yeah. and there's nobody yeah. wearing masks in the whole video. And it's like, you know, it, you in a way, you're also, when you let fans in, you're asking somebody to now be the mask police. It's right to say, oh, everyone has to wear a mask, but then – uh, are you going to go, you know, in the third quarter and throw someone out of the game, throw a group out of the game because they don't have their masks? Like, that that becomes very difficult. Yeah, and no one wants to do that. And it's not even just the mask. It's social distancing. Like, you know, if you're going if – you, if you feel so strongly about going to a football game that you're going to go during a pandemic, then you're probably going to get your money's worth and you're going to probably be good and liquored up, which is your right, you know, and what we do at football games. But your your ability to, to, to follow all these unnatural – uh, regulations are is going to be that much harder. Like in in terms of, you know, how are you going to keep people away from each other? I know that I saw the Dolphins are going to have um, they're kind of like tarped over certain seats, and so mm-hmm. you can only sit in it. But you know, so what? I've seen people lying across entire rows of seats, you know, during football games because that's it's crazy, you know. And so, you know, it it, it would seem very hard to number one um, enforce that, uh, and number two to um to to think that it's gonna that it's gonna work and so you know maybe you just maybe the the play is you put all the responsibility on the fans and if it doesn't if they get sick it's their fault i don't know but um if you're gonna if you're gonna have the normal fan experience um, or anything close to it even if there isn't tailgating there's plenty of ways to get drunk before a game (laughs) um and during a game then it's hard to see how all those things will happen even if people are sober um, like, I don't think you want to be having confrontations with, you know, yellow coat security people. I, I mean, that's not what they signed up to do. You know, no one wants to have these uh, viral things, uh, moments happen in the stands when you've already, you're already out on a limb by allowing anybody out in there in the first place. Yep. Yep. I think it's, uh, they, they really are, like I said before, playing with fire. I think by trying to get just a little bit of money here, 13,000 yeah. fans, I don't know, maybe they hope that they can jack up the prices for those uh, tickets because they're scarce yeah. or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but uh, now The Rock bought the XFL, and that is amazing. And if <laughs> you, I tweeted this at you, but if you get to talk to The Rock about the XFL, I will hate you because I will be so incredibly jealous of that. I love that the rock bought the XFL and I cannot wait to see what he does with it. I love the version of the XFL that we had. It gets shut down by a pandemic. I thought it was going in a really good direction. PJ Walker is now a backup quarterback in Carolina. He was exciting to watch. What is the rock going to do with the XFL, Kevin? Uh, It's interesting. The first thing I know, like he's obviously gotten the most attention, but um, the interesting thing is that his, Former, his ex-wife and his current business partner, Danny Garcia, has been sort of the one speaking publicly about the league. And she seems like she's going to – it's going to be more in her wheelhouse in terms of having a day-to-day uh, management because The Rock is doing rock things. You know, it's not have you know going to be time to sit in the XFL Saving office. the globe and so yeah. forth. A lot of more important things. And then there's also the, the, the Redbird Financial uh, Capital Partners is sort of this – financial firm that seems like it has a, a, a you know, significant sway on the, in the financial part of how it's going to work as well. And so I, you know, they, they initially, when they first uh, were awarded the league through bankruptcy, um, they touted the fact that the, the XFL had already come up with sort of a bubble tournament style 
um, season that would be made for TV only and not necessarily even for a pandemic, just for a way to operate at much lower cost um, in case they ever needed to do that. And so they have uh, an arrangement or at least an infrastructure in place in terms of how they could have a, uh, a 2021 spring bubble football tournament. I'm, you know, but things are happening in real time. That was before the Big Ten and the Pac-12, uh, you know, implied that they might move to the spring. Like, I still don't know if that's a real thing or not, but then you're talking about a pretty, a more crowded spring environment. If the NFL has to push their season back at all, um, that goes into that window where the XFL normally had, or had, had put itself in the post Super Bowl, pre baseball, you know, NBA type, um, NBA playoff type window. And so, uh, I think that the short answer is they're not sure yet. Um, I don't think that they are looking to invest, you know, like Vince McMahon dropped 200 million into this and, um, he got 15 million back and, you know, um, and who knows what other financial ramifications there were to doing all that. But I don't think that there there's any plans for this group to do something similar. So it's going to have to support itself. And the only way to support uh, a professional sports league uh, is through TV or streaming revenues. And so the agreements that the XFL had with uh, ABC, Disney, ESPN, Fox, all that last year was uh, did not give them any any you know, there were no rights fees there. They the, the the networks paid for the broadcasting um, and production costs, but they did not provide a, a rights fee to the XFL. The AAF they were paying CBS to go on, and so that was almost like an infomercial situation. But um, so I don't know like if they have the leverage to to go to any network and say, hey, pay pay us money to go to come do our bubble league next year. And, and if they don't, I'm not sure that they're looking to, to jump in and start going into debt right away. And so we'll see if that's the case. Um, it, but they, they have that opportunity to do a bubble, but um, I don't know if you, if you wanted to, to look at that or if you wanted to, you know, in terms of like rocks, um, you know, what, what the, the tone of it will be, what the, what the, will, will it be any more outlandish? I don't think so. I think he, I think he liked, he and, and Danny Garcia has said this as well. I think they liked the fact that this was a serious football league that had a little bit more, you know, didn't take itself near as, nearly as seriously as the NFL does, uh, was willing to make, you know, lots of changes, was willing to play a different brand of game, was willing to be much more interactive with fans and, and all that. So I think they liked that part of it, and maybe they'll, they'll magnify the, some of those things a little bit more. Um, but I don't think that uh, they are have any kind of, like, WWE mm-hmm. motif in mind or any outlandish things or, like, that they want to make it the, the league where you're allowed to hit with your head or, you know, you know <laughs> right. kill people, that kind of thing. And so um, I, I everything I can tell is that they really liked what was happening and maybe they see some things where they could put their own signature on, but it won't be, it'll still be marketed as serious football. Who can swing from a cable off of a burning building and fight bad guys gets the ball first is how the rock wants it. Um, well, I, I, 
I'm going to speak my idea into existence. I think this should be an HBO thing, a Netflix thing, where they go behind the scenes, hard knocks without the NFL watching over their shoulder, and then stream the games, but make them uh, as like more of a what, – what's the, the college football one? Last chance you? Make it more yeah. of a last chance you that will grab a wider audience because of the drama and the stories. And then it, for the hardcore football people, for you and I that want to watch Cardale Jones play – the whole football game we can. <laughs> that that's my idea. Uh, yeah. but I don't know. I mean maybe they maybe they end up landing top college players or something who are looking to help themselves in the NFL draft because of, you know, college football being canceled. Yeah, there is there is the potential for at least not long term, but for a quick uh one year diversion that would um you know, I, I don't think the very best college football players would need or want to put themselves through an XFL or any kind of, you know, health risk between now and the draft. But there's a lot of big 10 players and a lot of PAC 12 players who were probably on the bubble um, of the draft or, or were, you know, are now probably considered like a late round type, but if they put five, you know, good games together in the XFL bubble could be a first round pick. That's not out of the question. And so, They'll have much more talent and young talent available to them. And then an extra audience, those, you know, if, if five um, players from Oregon and five players from Ohio State and five players from Michigan, you know, not necessarily the best, but people who were, you know, right on the, on the cusp go to the XFL, all those schools fans will have much more interest in it mm-hmm. than they otherwise would have. So that's that's a possibility for like a one-year diversion. Well, The Rock, call me. Or Rock. Do you address him as The Rock or Rock? I, I, I was thinking of calling him DJ. Next time I t- see him, I'll just say DJ. Good luck with that. That's what uh, Danny Garcia calls him. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, because I, I was think, I, when I tweeted, I mean, sort of jokingly, but tweeted at him like, make it a reality show, Rock. I was like, should yes. I have said make it a reality show, comma, The Rock? Just tag or, him at – I think he's at The Rock. So. Yeah, he is at The Rock. Yeah. I, I yeah. thought if you call him Dwayne, it sounds sarcastic. Like, come on, Dwayne. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> – that's, that's, that's his name. That's what it shows on the credits of his blockbuster movies. That is true. That is true. Uh, Kevin Seifert, um, you've done an incredible job covering all the stuff uh, with COVID and so forth that is as complicated as NFL rules. So you were prepared for this well (laughs) by the NFL rules. And I appreciate your coverage and all of your time today. Uh, Perfect timing with the NFL or with the Vikings uh, deciding not to have fans. So thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Matt. Did somebody say playoffs, NBA, and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at BetOnline have you covered? Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into the fall. There's no shortage of ways to bet on hundreds of odds, futures, and props there. So take advantage of the return to sports. And remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to BetOnline.ag. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.